Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. My name is Connor, and you are listening to another episode of Film Talks. The sun is shining upon us once again. Thank you, sunlight, for not screwing me over. Uh, As always, we have three topics we want to talk about in these episodes. First up, uh, biopics about authors, not musicians, authors, playwrights, that kind of style. I want to talk about ones that I've seen recently, ones I've seen, you know, just watching, and uh, why I like them. And then uh, after that, I want to talk about five movies that I have found were poorly reviewed, not just by critics, but by audience members, and why I think we deserve to give them a second chance, because, you know, maybe they're not as bad as you think they are. And then last up, I want to talk about the new Space Jam movie, because... Uh, of course, I got to talk about the new Space Jam movie, and uh, I'm pretty sure maybe some of you will be able to figure out what my opinion of this movie is before I even talk about it. So with that, let's get into it. Okay, so what are we starting off with? Biopics about authors, and why Why do I make the distinction uh, that I'm talking about authors and not musicians? Obviously, we've seen a lot of musician biopics that have come around. Um, we had the one about Queen... Uh, well, I guess Freddie Mercury. Um, we had the one about Elton John. We've had one about Johnny Cash. Uh, the reason why I think that authors are a little more interesting than musicians is because musicians are just a lot more popular. Like where everybody knows their their dirty laundry. You know, it's always in the like E News and all that stuff. And, and plus, because they're usually about the singer. You know, the singer is just somebody you know what they look like. You know how they sing. I feel like you know a lot more about the musician than you know about the author. The author is kind of like you know what came out of their head, but you don't know why that was in their head to begin with. And uh, just a little bit of personal information about me, I've always wanted to write a story. Um, The hardest part for me, especially because I was trying most of my writing in like middle school and high school, so I would never show anybody, anybody this writing because the grammar is awful and the words are weird, the story is strange, and it's embarrassing. But what I found as I was writing was I just couldn't capture anything that I was reading. And um, this was a little disheartening for me. I was like, I don't understand how these people are able to write these big, grand stories. Because I just can't, first off, I can't come up with an idea that's grand enough. And second, I just can't uh, keep pushing. I can't, I can't maintain that vision for too long. And uh, so you watch these movies like Finding Neverland starring Johnny Depp and Kate Winslet, and it talks about um, how the guy created Peter Pan. You watch Goodbye Christopher Robin, where they talk about, you know, how they made Winnie the Pooh and all that stuff. You talk, there's a, there's a Tolkien movie that just recently came out. Obviously, it's about how he made um, The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. And then uh, even Saving Mr. Banks, it's a Disney movie. It came out with uh, Tom Hanks, and they were... It's how Disney was able to, uh, I guess, buy the rights for the Mary Poppins movie. And and uh, I guess Saving Mr. Banks is the only one that's a little weird because it's not entirely about how she made the, the story. So I'll focus mostly on the other three. But um, what, what I find most interesting, because it's, 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 it runs throughout all of these movies, is... Basically, and, and I guess it's obvious for people who are older than me at the time, but uh, these people, they came up with these great stories because they had 
um, memories, and they were able to use these moments in their lives and translate them onto page in a way that other people probably wouldn't have thought of. And I guess it's like a two-parter. So not only do you need these interesting uh, memories that maybe other people haven't gone through, but on top of it, you have to have the creativity to use that memory and turn it into a story. Um, so Finding Neverland, you have uh, Johnny Depp's character is uh, this playwright, and he's playing with these kids who lost their father, and they're kind of struggling, and um, based on his own life, he knows that um, real life can kind of push a kid's imagination down and force them to grow up maybe, maybe earlier than they want to, and it's kind of a sad thing. And Johnny Depp's character is someone who was forced to grow up, but kind of never wanted to. And that's evident because he's not doing grown-up man things. He's playing with children who aren't even his and, you know, all this stuff. The author himself is Peter Pan, and these kids were kind of um, his muse, so he was able to kind of put them into his story, and they were the kids in Neverland, like Wendy and all them, who were just sort of regular kids, and he was kind of bringing them to Neverland so that they didn't feel forced to grow up, that they could just live in their childhood for a little bit longer. And um, not only does it show you in this movie how the story was created, but it also shows you why it resonates with people. But I'm not here to talk about Finding Neverland. I'm here to talk about these, these movies, and it's so interesting to me. It's just... Uh, hearing these people's stories, which is what you get in any biopic, obviously, like musicians or somebody who created um, uh, McDonald's or whatever. There was that Founder movie with um, Michael Keaton, and it talks about how McDonald's became McDonald's and all that. Um, there are plenty of biopics, but the thing that gets me with the authors is it's not only about someone's life. It they it's it's kind of like a little easter egg contest it's kind of it's it's a fun exercise to kind of see what element especially if you know the source material that the person wrote you can kind of see the little moments in their lives that helped create that story because i i think a lot of the good biopics do a good job at not spelling it out for you and saying hey this is where that comes from they just sort of throw the moment in and you're like oh Oh, so, so in in Tolkien, where you're seeing all this all this war and all this sadness, where did that come from? Oh, he was in a world war and he saw people die in front of him, and this is why he's able to write these things and all that stuff. Um, or or in Christopher Robin, where he's able to um, talk to his kid, and his kid is. Um, I actually I think Christopher Robin does a better job at creating drama around the the story itself and and what does the story do to the family i think oftentimes these biopics will either focus before the story's written or when the story just comes out but what happens after the story is successful which in this case you know christopher robin the reason why it's so sad is that um this this dad made a story for his kid and then he started profiting from it and it became less of a dad and son moment and became just a moment that was out for the world and the son was like this this isn't what I wanted I wanted to be with my dad 
And now this moment that I felt was just between me and him is now for everyone. Um, I, I really, really, really like these movies because, again, it, it, it shares this, the, not just the depth of the story that the person created, but also um, wh- why it was created and how it affects life. Um, because I, I truly believe, and I think most people can tell this, that whether it's a book, a movie, a TV show, it's not just isolated to its medium. It affects people. And uh, these movies do a great job at sh- like explaining what that effect is and, and all that. So um, I do encourage anyone, if you haven't watched any of these movies, watch the stuff like Finding Neverland, Goodbye Christopher Robin, Tolkien, Saving Mr. Banks. Watch these kinds of movies. Uh, they're usually very sad, <laughs> so prepare yourself for that. Um, I'll also say they're, they're not completely truthful obviously with any movie they're going to kind of you know take some liberties and say hey we want to make this a little more dramatic than maybe it was in real life um but even taking it with a grain of salt they're always very cool stories because it's like a story in a story and it's it's a fun little dynamic so uh so that was biopics about authors next up so I, I'm, I'm a little nervous about this because I don't know how people are going to take this. So I have five movies here that I was just sort of looking at and I was like, it kind of started with one movie, to be honest, um, where I was like, hey, a lot of people don't like this movie, but you know what? I don't mind it. Maybe I'm not rewatching it all the time. Maybe it's not my favorite movie, but it's not bad. Um, so uh, that movie was actually Terminator Salvation. Uh, I'm not a big Terminator guy, sure, but it's got Christian Bale, Sam Worthington, and it's, for some reason, I just dig it. I don't know why. Um, I guess maybe for me, they finally show the apocalypse, right? So, like, all the other Terminator movies are either leading up to this uh, apocalypse and uh, don't show it, or or they try to go back in time and stop it from happening. This one actually shows the Terminator Uprising, and the Rebellion Against the Terminators. And it's it's what I've been wanting. I guess that, I feel like that's what everybody's been wanting, sure. Um, but, like I said, this is one of five movies that people don't like. So I went on Rotten Tomatoes, which, again, always take it with a grain of salt because it's Rotten Tomatoes. 33% critic score, 54% audience score. So, yes, the audience score is higher, but not by a lot. A lot of people don't like this movie. And maybe you could say, yeah, it's a little boring at times. It's not a perfect movie, sure. But there's some cool stuff in here. When Sam Worthington, like, figures out that he's actually a Terminator, and he's just dressed up like a person, and he thinks he's a person, that's cool. And then seeing Christian Bale finally as John Connor, my namesake, I mean, <laughs> I gotta root for him, and he's actually a John Connor who's cool. I feel like, like, this, this, that's actually probably the best part of the movie, is that the whole Terminator franchise is like, John Connor is the guy, uh, if anyone's seen the newest Terminator Dark Fate, they kind of just get rid of that and say John Connor is nobody. But most of the movies, they're like, John Connor's the dude. He's the savior of the human race. And in this movie, who better to play the savior of, human, of the human race than Christian Bale? And he kills it. And, you know, just seeing him ride this motorcycle and taking out Terminators and just be a, a total cool badass guy. I don't mind it. I, I dig it. The action scenes at the end with Christian Bale trying to take out the Terminator, and then the Terminator reaches forth and scratches him across the eye. 
Um, it's great. It's great. Uh, I, I probably it's great because of the action scenes. And then you get like different kinds of Terminators. So there's one Terminator that's like a motorcycle that shoots people. You obviously have flying Terminators, regular Terminators. Um, you have like Terminator like worm things, worm things that are like in the water. Forget. <laughs> Who, who could not dig that? It's it's Terminators in the water. Um, I'm not going to recommend any of these movies, but it definitely deserves higher than a 33% critic rating. That's a bit ridiculous. Uh, second up, we have Sky High. And I'm going to blow your mind for a second here, okay? Sky High, not only one of the best superhero movies ever, one of the best high school movies ever, okay? And I'll fight anybody who disagrees with that. Sky High. 73% critic rating, okay? That's not bad. 57% audience rating. I'm going to rag on everybody who reviewed this movie. How dare you let the critics review Sky High and give it a higher rating than your own audience score? The audience is always supposed to be higher than the critics. The critics are supposed to be like, Oh, well, the artistic presence and the, the camera movements and the script, it was just so perfectly crafted. And the audience is supposed to be like, ooh, bombs exploded. Guy said funny line. I love this movie. And yet you reviewed Sky High poorly? Makes no sense. The, the whole thing is just amazing. You have Kurt Russell as basically Superman and his son is supposed to be like this this the son of basically the best superheroes and he doesn't have any powers and then he gets powers just to find out that this girl who's like super hot at a school who's been liking him is actually his his parents mortal enemy who's just been turned back in time into a younger version of herself and there's this this massive weapon called the pacifier and nobody knows what it does until we figure it out and it turns people into babies oh and then there's, a, on top of it, there's a bus driver who wants to be a superhero, but doesn't have any superpowers, and it's just, just a guy who drives a, a flying bus, and then, and then, <laughs> and then there's, there's, there's not only is there superheroes, but there's side si sidekick school for, like, the guys with crappy superpowers, like this one guy who can glow in the dark, and another guy who can turn into slime, and then this girl who can turn into a purple hamster. This movie has everything, okay? Everything. There's a there's a school there's a cafeteria fight between a guy with super strength and a guy who can shoot fire out of his hands. This movie's great. Okay, I will defend that. Fifty seven percent, way too low. Do better, people. And then uh, <laughs> and then we have the vow. Okay, we have the vow. The vow is a hundred percent not the worst rom com I have ever seen. 31% critic rating, which is so low. Like, that's tanking low. Like, there's no way 31% critic rating, 63% audience rating, which, by the way, 63% higher than Sky High, higher than Terminator Salvation. That's a little sad. But what this movie does, Rachel McAdams, Channing Tatum, basically any rom-com with Rachel McAdams should not be a low rating because she can carry a movie all on her own. Any rom-com, give it to her. It's going to be a success. I, I actually I actually watched this movie when I was a little younger. I would talk about it in school, and everybody would pick on me and be like, oh, you like the movie The Vow? People would always just like, oh, it's Channing Tatum, and it has the, the title The Vow. Oh, that's stupid. It's a compelling story, and the fact that it's sort of based on real life, like, 
I I kind of like that chivalrous stuff where like she they're they're in love and they're they're married or whatever and then she gets into a car accident and she forgets him completely and her life is like reset until the point where before she met him so she doesn't know who he is even though they're married so now the whole story is him trying to show her it's kind of like Fifty First Dates except except instead of it ending with him constantly reminding her that they're married. It like starts with that, and um, it's not like a short-term memory loss. It's like uh, actually, I don't, I don't, I don't remember the definition of short-term and long-term memory. But uh, it, it's she just forgets that whole the whole time period. So now, not only is he trying to remind her that they love each other, he's also competing with her family, who she left because um, of disagreements. But those d- disagreements in her mind never happened. And so there's like this craziness where his family is, her family is kind of pretending like those disagreements never happened. And then in sort of like a destiny stroke, the disagreements happen again and just naturally, I'm pretty sure. And then just like it all just naturally happens again where she just falls in love with him and he doesn't even have to try. Actually, when he was trying, it was actually not going well. But then they just let time progress and destiny go and they came together love it who doesn't like that stuff that's that's some heartwarming material right there um 63 sure i'm fine with that audience rating but 31 percent critic rating like like even if you want to criticize channing tatum's acting like rachel mcadams <laughs> how dare you how dare you 31 percent um and, and i wanted to throw an animated movie in here too so uh this might be kind of an unknown i can't tell I don't know how many people have seen the movie Nine. Um, Nine is a movie with uh, basically starring Elijah Wood, probably other people, but he's the, he's the big name, I feel like. And they're like these little um, stitched cro- crochet puppet people that have um, that are real, that are alive. And they wake up in this land that's been kind of destroyed by war. And I think that you kind of assume nukes and all that. And uh, there's there's this basically robots have kind of taken over, but the robots are kind of dormant and there's only this one creature that kind of um, is kind of attacking these crochet uh, creature things. And uh, it's, it's pretty good. The ambiance is cool. It's kind of scary. I think cartoon wise, I feel like that's that, that was kind of the thing that hindered it. Adult cartoons tend not to do well because nobody knows what to do with it. It's definitely an adult cartoon because it's, it's pretty scary. There's some there's this one creature that's like it's like the body of a of one of the crochet people. But then it opens up into this little tentacle monster and it grabs the other crochet people and tries to just like turn them. It's disgusting. It's kind of creepy. Um, but it's, it's got some depth to it because they find out that like they're alive because this doctor split his soul into a bunch of pieces. And so they're all basically different parts of the doctor. And that's why they all have very different personalities. Um, and they're trying to defeat the robots and bring back life to the earth. So 57 and 56% critic and audience, uh, definitely a little low. I feel like the depth of this movie deserves more. And then last, we have Solo, A Star Wars Story. I had to go something super popular here. 70% critic rating, 64% audience rating. And if you don't already know, I think 100% of this bad review business is because of The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi 
whether you liked it or not, definitely split the fandom of Star Wars and kind of ruined things because people liked it so little that they wanted to kind of lash out at Disney, which, you know, I'm kind of amazed that this worked, but uh, nobody went to see the Han Solo movie. And uh, the people that did just tried to review bomb it and everything so that Disney would, you know, feel the impact of how how they were wronged by The Last Jedi. And uh, so I think that this movie doesn't get its dues simply because people didn't like The Last Jedi and wanted to lash out at Disney. If you watch Solo, A Star Wars Story, it is not terrible. It is not amazing. It's an interesting story. Uh, Amelia Clark, love watching her, so it's fun that she gets a shot. Um, they throw Darth Maul in at the end, and that's what pisses me off the most. If, if people had just gone to see it, we could have seen Darth Maul again. I mean, ugh, wasted opportunity. Um, I was a little upset that they got rid of, um, the Millers who did, um, they, they were the original directors and they did, uh, like, um, oh, Jump Street and the Lego movie. So like, they're kind of like these, these funny comedic guys and they got rid of them because I guess they thought it was a comedy, which I mean, like, why would you hire comedy directors and not want a comedy? And so they hired Ron Howard, who was kind of a safe bet, but, um, I didn't hate it. I didn't really didn't. And Paul Bettany, I dug. Um, I like that it was kind of like more focused on the criminal underworld of Star Wars, um, which I think we need more of. And I think after seeing, you know, um, The Mandalorian and Boba Fett and all that stuff, I think Disney is starting to realize how cool the Star Wars underground is. So um, 70%, 64%. It's not terrible, but I feel like it could have gotten higher Um just looking at other Star Wars movies. I don't think it was that bad. It was just kind of basic, so. And yeah, so now we get to the part where I talk about what I'm watching. And this week, it's Space Jam. Space Jam, what, A New Legacy or whatever? Something, something, whatever. It's the LeBron James Space Jam movie. And um, before I even get into it, for those of you who are new, I like to ask myself a few questions in determining whether I liked a previously viewed film or show. Um, it's, it's just a few questions and I feel like it helps hone my thinking when I, when I'm reviewing these movies. Cause sometimes I go off on tangents, forget what I'm talking about. And other times it's just, uh, I get a little emotional and then I don't even have a rating in mind. So these questions help me hone in a little bit. So first off, is the storyline rushed or bloated? Um, super bloated, super bloated. It's not rushed at all. It's just like, it's a kid's movie. I understand that. but. Uh, there's just stuff you didn't need. I feel like they're in in some ways they're trying to pay homage to the original Space Jam, but it's like it's not that kind of movie. Like you don't have to be artistic with Space Jam. I just felt like um, Space Jam is about basketball and the Looney Tunes, and there weren't enough Looney Tunes. I felt like they were trying too hard to make a LeBron's movie. Um, when even if if you watch the original Space Jam, it's not really Jordan's movie. Jordan is in it, but. Um, the Looney Tunes carry it. Newman from Seinfeld carries it. I always forget his name. And uh, Bill Murray carries it. And Jordan is just like, you know, he's just that uh, kind of like the center of the uh, center of the movie that everything's gravitating around. Um, LeBron in this movie, he tries to be basically everything, which I guess you could say is what he tries to do on the court. But um, are the characters relatable? Second question I like to ask. Uh, heck no. What? Are any of these people? No, I mean, of course not. Um, the Looney Tunes are definitely not relatable. They, they shouldn't be. Um, they're meant to be these wacky, crazy people. Um, 
LeBron is so strange because I feel like he thinks he can act. Okay, and I I want to I want to apologize if I come off as overly critical of LeBron, but it's it's kind of annoying to me. Like he's he's not an actor, but he I guess maybe he thinks he is, or somebody told him he is. He's like he's like that person that like kid that goes on American Idol and sings really good, like hard but sucks and like is just just has no idea that he's bad at singing. He's bad at he can't act, but. The directors and all these people, like, they put him in a position where he needed to act. And I'm like, why? Jordan didn't act in the original Space Jam. He couldn't act. He got carried. And there's no problem with that. He's a basketball player. He's not an actor. The The reason why he's in the movie is so he can play the basketball game. That is it. And he's, he's trying to deliver these lines. And, he's like, there's this one part where he's about to get sucked into this Warner Brothers universe digital realm. And he goes... What in the Matrix hell or something like that? Like, well, who, who talks like that? What? It's, it's supposed to be a kid's movie, so yes, uh, I, I probably shouldn't care that much. But, like, like, I can watch the original Space Jam and not be, like, upset about it. Like, there's this one line that Newman says to Jordan where he's like, Yo, get ready for the game. Grab your Hanes and your, and your Big Mac and, and put on your Nikes and all this stuff. And it's, like, obviously over the top. But it's I feel like it's supposed to be, like, a little ironic a little bit. Like, a little, you know poking yourself in the face kind of thing like you know this movie has that but like it's not self-aware it's like it's like it's trying to be self-aware which is like way worse like <laughs> like when somebody's be trying to be self-aware and like and and yet the audience feels like they don't completely get it that's that's it's awkwardness that's what you get you get cringe and you don't want cringe you want like like kind of like self-aware comedy that's kind of poking fun at yourself, laughing, I don't know. Ah. Uh, third question. Does the film or TV show draw attention to the fact that it's fake? Um, yeah, actually, here's something that's weird. So um, in the first Space Jam, they have kind of 2D animation with LeBron. Now, the 2D animation is a lot better than you would see in a regular Looney Tunes episode. Like, you definitely can see the budget of it. In this one, they decided at some point to turn the Looney Tunes from 2D to 3D, and I hate it. Oh, it's so weird looking. Like, and there's no reason. Like, like I guess you could say maybe the reasoning for making them 3D is so that they blend into the CGI backgrounds a little better, and they make the transition from real-life LeBron to fake Looney Tunes seem nicer, but like... Who cares? Who cares? It's a it's a kids movie, and, and nobody wants to see like some like weird some some weird version of Bugs Bunny. They just want to see Bugs Bunny. Um, and then fourth question: uh, Do I like the characters enough to rewatch it? This question is actually funny because I would probably say no, but I rewatched it purposefully so I could rewatch it with my dad. Um, and you know what I found upon rewatching it was. Whenever they allow the Looney Tunes to be the Looney Tunes, I actually like the movie. Uh, I watched. I would watch it just to watch the Looney Tunes. Which in that case, just watch a cart. Watch the cartoon. Like just watch the Looney Tunes. Um, and and plus plus Don Cheadle. What did they do to this man? Like he, <laughs> it's terrible. They made him overact to the point where it just felt like they were trying to make LeBron James's acting look natural and Don Cheadle look bad. Um. I mean, he's he's he, he's funny because he's an actual actor, but um, 
it was it was so strange because there were some parts that were just again cringy in this movie and some of them involved him and you're just like what what is going on in this movie um i i so yes i have rewatched it but i i probably wouldn't again i don't know if that counts i might have sold myself out so <laughs> by actually rewatching it. But uh I wouldn't recommend rewatching it. I wouldn't say, hey, this is a movie that you're gonna want to see over and over again. I don't think compared to the first one, I feel like the first one, you know, based on the time that it was made, the stars that are in the movie, um, that it it'll be kind of like this this piece of culture kind of thing. I don't think this movie has that kind of uh fame. Like, yes, it has, like, Michael B. Jordan. Like, the Michael B. Jordan reference, that was kind of funny, where they're like, hey, I found Michael Jordan. And then, and then he comes in, and they're like, they're like, that's Michael B. Jordan. You couldn't find Michael A. Jordan? <laughs> they're, they're, they're cracking stuff, and he tries to give, like, a, a, a motivational speech. Um, so, like, this movie has stars, I guess, but they tried to make it more dramatic than it needed to be. And I, I feel like that's got, that's got to be a knock, because it's like with romantic comedies... Or, or just straight comedies where they're like super funny and raunchy for the whole movie. And then at the end, they're like, oh, we can't be funny any, anymore. We have to like give a good conclusion to the movie. So we got to be dramatic and all that. And you're like, no, a good, a good comedy or good romantic comedy should be able to keep the same tone throughout the whole movie. And this movie, it's a kid's movie that's supposed to be wacky and fun. Um, but then they try to like transition between that and this dramatic family drama and it doesn't work. And you're like, I don't even want to see that anyways. You could have just just told the whole movie from uh, from Bugs Bunny's perspective, and that would have been fine. I thought it was kind of funny, though, that also, like, LeBron, like, they posted that this movie did really well in its first week, and LeBron's like, ha, ah, shout out to the haters or whatever. I'm like, what does this have to do with haters? This isn't, like, sports. This is, like, movies where people can just, like, not like a movie. Like, it does, you don't have to be a hater to not like the movie. Um it's just, it's like, I don't know, in terms of like kids movies, it's just not there. I feel like as a kid, I would probably rather watch the first one instead of the second one, even though the second one has like updated like effects. Like that's all you get in this movie is just updated effects. And then now you have the director of this Space Jam A New Legacy saying he wants to do a third one with like Dwayne Johnson. And I guess Space Jam is no longer going to be about basketball. I don't know. It shouldn't be a franchise. How about this? Let's stop franchising things that aren't meant to be franchised. So hopefully that never happens. And uh, yeah, so that's my review of Space Jam A New Legacy. You can check out the results of my, you know, all that stuff wherever I put it on the YouTube video. And uh, yeah, so that's all I got for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, you can find me Film Talks on YouTube. Subscribe, comment, all that stuff. Like the video. Uh, Film.talksofficial is my Instagram and Facebook. You can find little things that I might post and all that stuff. And you can follow and like that. And you can figure out when I post my newest episodes. Usually they're on Saturdays. Um, you can also find uh, my podcast, Film Talks, on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, and I think Google. Although, yeah, basically wherever you find a, a podcast, you'll be able to find it. And uh, yeah, so that's all I got. Thank you all for tuning in. Um, I'll see you around. Hope you all have a great week. So long. <laughs>